I can't be the only creative person here. <laughs> For the dear listener at home, we were just talking about how, like, I always do a sound check right before we start this, but I just, I delete what we say. Um, it's, it might be better for the best because sometimes we say inappropriate stuff, but we should probably just keep those and put together an unbelievable blooper reel of the stupid stuff that we say while we're sound checking. Thanks for repeating my idea to the listeners. Well, otherwise it would have been lost, lost in time. You guys know what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe since we do a little sound check before we take those and we make a little blooper reel for the listeners. That's an unbelievable idea. Yeah. I was just thinking about about that that before. Just like over the course of, you know, past couple episodes. You know why you're having, you guys are both having great ideas is because you've been sipping on some bang body fuel, body and brain fuel. Potent. Potent. It is potent. Brought to you by science. Bang. <laughs> Brought to you by uh, Coffee Trees is 1440 Coffee. Coffee trees all over the world. Coffee beans grow on trees in different parts of the world. Not in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> different places, but not here. More tropical. Uh, but they make fantastic coffee. They are a sponsor and supporter of this podcast and hence a supporter of fitness everywhere thoughtful fitness so support them you can use the code power builder 1440 and you'll get some money off your order and they're really nice people so consider that you're drinking coffee anyway you might as well support nice people all right big day today big wrap up we took off last week because we were traveling and the topic of today is what we were traveling for. So in our last episode that we we talked about Amanda's entrance into the world of physique sport, into the world of bodybuilding. Now she returns a triumphant champion from the top of the mountain, sword and medals in hand, literally. Uh, And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. So we're going to talk about uh, the week leading up to her show, what happens at a bodybuilding show. Cause I think this is something that very, very few people have like any sense of what that looks like. It's very interesting. Um, your favorite and least favorite parts, takeaways, what you're going to do next, etc. So, uh, why don't you first tell us a little bit about, uh, just a recap, like what division you competed in and then how you did at this particular show, just to give people a kind of a sense. Uh, So I competed in wellness, which is a newer category in bodybuilding, Uh, like around a year and a half. It's been in existence. Um, And I competed in two uh, classes or two categories. I competed in the true novice division and uh, the open division. Divisions in bodybuilding are based on your height. Um, So I was in class B. I won both divisions and then was put into uh, a category for all uh, overall winners um, from each of the categories in the open division. And then I won that. Boom. Units only. So a clean sweep of everything that you entered. You won all divisions that you entered. So literally you couldn't in this case have done any better than that. So it went really, really well. Yes. Um, So 
if we put that aside, that obviously it was it was a really successful trip, and and maybe most importantly, I think you had a good time. Like we had a fun trip there. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the week leading up to the show. So particularly peaking, how your diet changed, how your uh, fitness regime, how your workout session programming changed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the week leading up to the competition is referred to as peak week. Um, it, it coincided with a deload week for me, uh, which was uh, nice, but kind of stressful. Uh, as many of our clients know, I don't do well with deload. <laughs> and so doing deload leading up to a show just was a little, little more stressful for me because I felt like maybe I'd be missing out on something or doing something more uh, beneficial for my body. But obviously I trusted my coach and he said that was what we were going to do. So that's what I did. Um, so still a lot of the same movement patterns that I was doing um, and leading up for Monday through Wednesday. And then the end of the week was a little different, very low impact, not doing a lot, trying to just relax. Um, my food intake was really low uh monday through wednesday or sunday through wednesday really uh and then thursday and friday i got to eat a little bit more in the way of carbs which was amazing so you have to give people a sense of what that looked like because it's amazing when you see someone go through this process and they start to really show some significant signs of diet fatigue because uh, they're not eating a whole lot their energy is low up until that sort of deload time, your your uh, workout intensity was pretty high. And so, yeah, you got some carbs, but they had to be really specific things. So maybe tell the dear listener about what exactly you could eat. Because it wasn't like go bananas. It was no. you can have or even have bananas. You, no bananas. No bananas. <laughs> you could have very specific things. Yes. Uh, so I was allotted white potatoes rice cakes and Cheerios. So to give people a sense, uh, the reason that you would have that stuff is because as you get closer to the show, uh, bloating and carrying water becomes a real concern. So the idea is to fill up your muscles with glycogen, which you do through the taking in carbohydrates, um, but without making you super bloated. So it's not like you can eat a ton of something that could like give you gas, potentially like broccoli or cauliflower or Brussels sprouts. Like that would be a horrible idea. Or um, even like sweets, like something that could cause you to retain water because that's the time where you really don't want to do that. So you touched on something earlier. You say you don't like to deload and you're a little apprehensive about deloading into the competition. This is something we sometimes hear from clients is that they're uh, like they're hard chargers, like they're not in a big hurry to take easy weeks and kind of have can at first, especially until they get used to it, like a hard time with easier weeks. But the wind up was it helped to drop your fatigue, but it helped you to look better on stage. So I think that's that was my takeaway is the deload, the idea of that even if it seems counterintuitive, like that's the week you want to work the hardest, it's the opposite. Like the goal is to look your best when it matters. It is not a competition of who like works the hardest right up into the show. Yeah. I think and that for me was um, a tough pill to swallow because I, I enjoy working out. I enjoy pushing myself. 
Um, so having to pull back a little bit, um, especially in that moment, right? Like, cause you want to do well, you want to be successful, especially with it being the first time stepping on stage and just kind of not knowing, um, it was, it was definitely just trust in the process and do what my coach said. And that was it. So how did you stay in contact with your coach in terms of your appearance? No, <laughs> lots and lots of pictures. Lots of pictures, like every day, several times a day, yes. taking pictures in basically what you're going to wear on stage or something extremely similar. So, yeah, which is an interesting experience to be the taker of those pictures. It's like interesting, I guess is how you can term it. <laughs> interesting, yes. All right, so you go through peaking that week. Initially, you're really, really low in terms of food consumption. Then towards the end of the week, you get kind of progressively higher, but really, really specific stuff. Yes. With the intention of keeping you what we would kind of term as dry, basically, or as dry as possible. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, that played even into like controlling my water intake, controlling my sodium intake. So things that, you know, you don't really think about on a regular basis or is normal people really, I mean, obviously if you're tracking your foods, um, maybe if you pay attention to macros, but not necessarily the micronutrients that you're intaking. And that was definitely eye-opening for me to see how much sodium was in a lot of things that I would have never thought to even check for sodium. I think you could probably touch real quick on the water aspect, because that's something that we were talking about a few days ago, you and I, that kind of surprised me. Because like at the time, a few days ago, post-show, you were still drinking a lot of water. And I was impressed by that in a sense because it's pretty markedly more than I would drink in a day. And I'm bigger than you and think I do a pretty good job of staying hydrated. And that was like half of what you were drinking in the week before the show. So I think walk us through that a little bit and then like how that uh, changed over the course of the week. Yeah, I think it, it was interesting because at the beginning of the week, it was a lot of intake, a lot of water. Um, like we're talking two gallons water at one point um, and then dropping off to like nothing, like potentially like sips of water because my mouth was dry and like true sips of water, not like let's chug as much as I can. Um, and so... In doing that, I think it was interesting for me coming back, like how much then I craved water. I drink a lot of water normally, um, definitely not two gallons a day. <laughs> so that was a lot. Um, but just how much now, like after not being able to drink water, how much I'm still drinking at this point. Yeah, it's super interesting. The whole thing is super interesting. It's in the manipulation of your body is I found to be really, really cool. And even just from the outside kind of perspective is you start to notice more things about changes in my own body in terms of body weight, in terms of carrying body water, all that kind of stuff. And it can be like, huge changes. Uh, so really, really fascinating. Um, so tell us a little bit about, we get to the show, right? Night before you check in the hotel, all that stuff, you check in, pay your fees, get everything lined up and ready to go, get your base coat. Uh, and then tell us, tell us a little, kind of walk us through the day of the show. So basically from the, you wake up in the morning and then what's, what happens from there? 
Yeah. So obviously it starts the night before you have to register. Um, and for some athletes that meant like they had to do weigh-ins, uh, obviously that's on the male side of things and potentially in the women's and like actual bodybuilding category. Um, but I had to get my height checked to make sure I was in the appropriate class for my division. Uh, and then spray tan the night before and day of wake up hair and makeup, uh, and then back for, uh, athlete briefing, um, just kind of a breakdown of how the day is going to go for us, where we'll be, what they will do and how they'll take us out to be on stage. Uh, and then more spray tan, uh, and then really just kind of sit and wait, uh, for it to be my turn to go out on stage, which for me, that was kind of the nerve wracking part was like not knowing how the process was going to be, um, but having realized that it was very similar to um, CrossFit competitions, like you have a backstage area, you have your own, your, your food, your water, whatever it is that you need, your warm up stuff, like you prepare however it is that you feel is best for you to prepare before you get lined up and then you go out. Um, and then so, uh, it was, it was just kind of interesting. And in, in, in that moment, I think I was able to relax more because it was like, oh, okay, I can do this. I've done this before in that sense. Mm-hmm. What did your uh, food and water intake in that period before look like? Because I know that's like you're kind of playing like a time game in time in terms of when you're going to like like minutes in terms of like when you're how to look your best when you're on stage instead of just the day itself. Right. And so my coach had sent me a schedule, um, starting at five, five hours before the show, which was actually aligned with when I had to be up for hair and makeup. Um, but I was also required to send pictures throughout the day. So I had like a rough idea of like, okay, at this stage I can get a small amount of protein or a small amount of carbs um, no water intake, no sodium intake, um, and then kind of a time frame, three hours out, an hour out, 10 to 15 minutes before. Um, but it was all dictated and adjusted then based on my picture check-ins with him and what it was doing at that point. Yeah, I love that. Like the, even that day, that that was a big part of it. It's managing your look throughout the day, right? And obviously, if you really think about it, that's very sensible because that's the only day that really matters, like in terms of your look. So I thought that was cool. Is like uh, even even between prejudging um, and like kind of the second, the finals, so to speak, uh, managing that and being really careful, and then obviously seeing people who weren't being super careful, um, and that that just didn't seem to make a ton of sense. So if you can comment on that, because we were pretty conservative with what you ate in between, you know? Yeah. So in this situation, everyone went to the finals, uh, which I didn't know, obviously going into this. Um, But after going through prejudging, my coach had said like, Hey, you can go get some pancakes if you wanted to. Uh, And I was like, are you sure about this? Like, I have no idea what this is going to do to my body. And obviously, 
having endometriosis and PCOS like that that could potentially have severe ramifications. Like I could have bloated, I could have been in a lot of pain. Uh, and so we decided maybe not the greatest idea to experiment with that. Um, so just had kind of a typical meal uh, at that point, uh, again, being <laughs> rice cakes and some ground turkey. Um, whereas other people in between prejudging and finals did go have burgers or pancakes. Uh, there were people that were sitting there eating like candy. It was, it was an interesting to kind of see that happen because it was like, how is that going to affect you come finals? Maybe it was maybe the, in their experience previously, it hasn't negatively affect them. Um, but like you alluded to, given that we didn't know how it was going to affect you, it seemed like the best course of action to just stick to the stuff that clearly was working. And there's just in that couple hours, there's just no reason to throw it all potentially out into the wind. Right. The, the few hour, right after that, you can eat whatever you want yes. and it doesn't matter. So um, so you go through prejudging, you make it to the finals, bring you out, do really well in the finals. It's like a very much like I try to stick to the fundamentals that thing. Don't do anything fancy. Um, tell me a little bit about or tell us your favorite and least favorite parts of the show of that day. Oh, um, so my favorite part was probably just kind of the experience itself backstage, like seeing how different people warmed up for different divisions. Um, you know, there's people went through their like little mini pump or their pump session before going on the stage and just how different it was. Um, from, you know, the guys that were going out there for physique or bodybuilding versus like the girls that were going out for bikini and, and just like the different things that people did to warm up. So I think that was kind of cool to see how different it was, but how similar it was. I most definitely was the only lady doing some push-ups backstage, <laughs> but uh, that was fun. That was exciting to, you know, just kind of do. Um, my least favorite um, was probably like being so concerned about my spray tan. Like that part for me was a little stressful because like, I didn't want to get out on stage and then realize after the fact that like somehow I had smudged something or missed a spot. And now the, the team that was there that handled our spray tan was amazing. And they like checked us before we lined up. Then there were even people behind the curtain that did another final check before we got on stage. Um, so that was great, but obviously in different poses and different lighting on stage is different from being backstage or even behind that curtain. So thinking about, oh, did they miss something in checking me? Cause obviously I can't see every inch of my body to double check. Yeah. I think that's, I didn't realize that they were in that behind the curtain, like in your, I don't know what you even call it was that. The lineup. The lineup. To go up yeah, we're literally stage. stand in line, and <laughs> yep. like I was sitting out in the in the general audience and yep. couldn't see you. Like, there's a point where you go behind this curtain, and you're just waiting, and I know you're behind there, so you're gonna come out at some point, but like, not sure when. Right. That's really really interesting uh, that they do that. So, 
the, the tanning part is probably something we should probably elaborate on because I think that's something that if you've never if you don't have any background in physique sport that can seem a little odd so give people a sense of like why exactly that's a, such a big and important part of the process why don't you just walk out because you could you know certainly somebody could listen to this and be like well I don't I don't want to spray tan right but it's like it's not that you do either but there's a purpose behind it so maybe we can elaborate on that what the purpose is yeah i think you know if you look at people side by side and maybe this is something that i'll do this week um but post what you look like without a tan versus what you do look like with a tan and the changes it actually makes in your appearance um where like you notice smaller details of muscles of the definition of your lines um with having a tan yeah and i think <clears throat> on stage if you think about the room isn't like dark the rest of the room might be dark comparatively but there's a lot of light on the stage so as a viewer or as a judge watching uh with a lot of light if you didn't have a tan especially for someone not necessarily you because you're like naturally right now in December tanner than I'll be in August but you will look washed out and then that that tan kind of puts like a contrast to for everyone to actually see what you're working with for sure and anybody that's like been exposed to like stage makeup right so if you're in the theater or anything like that like you understand that is it you when you're under the lights like the they can be very very harsh and not look great if you don't have the appropriate makeup on so it's the same same idea um just the goal with this is to highlight your physique yeah i think that's the big takeaway is is it's so that you can display what you worked so hard on in the in the weeks prior and the months prior but it's also for the judges so they can see basically what you've been working hard on and make objective decisions as much as they can about who is the best and, and, you know, and so on and so forth. So I think that makes sense. So as we kind of wrap up the last little piece of this in our last couple of minutes, what were your takeaways from this show first? And then we'll kind of talk about what happens next, maybe. Uh, so my biggest takeaways, it was nice for me that kind of post show uh, that one of the judges actually came up and like, talked to me about like good points, like things that uh, he felt went well and other things that I could um, potentially work more on uh, for, you know, whatever comes next, should there be something that comes next. Um, and so that was, that was nice, especially after learning that he was a pretty well-known judge and actually judged and handed out a few IFBB pro cards three weeks prior, um, which learning that after I had been on stage was much better than knowing that before I went on stage. <laughs> Probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think takeaways just kind of the process itself um, and learning how at ease I actually was. Um, and I am not someone that enjoys having the spotlight on me. I actually prefer not to be, uh, which is why, you know, through my CrossFit time, I only competed on a team. I didn't want to compete individually. 
Um, so kind of learning that this kind of put me in my element and that I was comfortable in that was a big takeaway for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, probably better to find that out later so you're not even more stressed out. <laughs> yes. All right, so this was obviously very successful. A uh, smaller show, but an NPC show, just the same to give people a sense. The NPC is the amateur branch of the IFBB. And the IFBB is like the world's premier. There's there's a, like a domestic version and an international version, but that's like the, the NFL of bodybuilding. It's pr like you are a professional bodybuilder. Um, and there are different federations, so it's not the only one, but the NPC and the IFBB are by far the biggest and tend to have the, the you know, some of the best people. Um, so what happens next? Um, so if you listened to the previous episode, you knew that like my original goal was to compete at the Arnold. Um, unfortunately at this point, the Arnold has been postponed indefinitely. Uh, there are some rumors that it may happen in May. Um, but the issue is that you now have to qualify for the Arnold and in winning the overall, I did that, uh, which was kind of the goal was to do a smaller show, get my toes wet, but then ultimately end up qualifying. So the fact that I did that already is, is great and kind of takes some stress off there. Um, but potentially, uh, the next show will be in March. So right now I'm on a little bit of a maintenance, which is nice. Um, and I'll run that probably through the beginning of January and then back into a cut in preparation for that show in March. There you go. Uh, and in terms of training, what, what did this week look like? And, and then how does that go? It was another deload week. Uh -huh. and why? <laughs> so that's interesting, right? Because last week was, but if you can tell people, we have a couple minutes left, give some insight on why you would deload two weeks in a row in a situation like this. Uh, because it wasn't, it was a deload in sense that like I wasn't working out as hard or training as hard as what I had been leading up to that week. Uh, however, last week was still a very stressful week. There was a lot of uh, things going on with my body. Um, so in terms of fatigue and that sort of thing, I didn't really get a chance to deload uh, in those terms. So this week was a true deload, really just in the terms of my coach chasing a pump, have some fun in the, in the gym, but not going bananas, lightweights, few sets just kind of having fun post-show. Yeah. And really, if you string both of them together, that starts to look more like active rest. The goal of which would be to resensitize you to future, basically, muscular gain, basically, to make your, your body sensitive to hypertrophy training again. So that makes sense. And you're super fatigued coming off of the show and coming off of the whole prep. It just, you know, just even in terms of mental reloading and resensitization and not getting burnt out that's a really big thing and i know it was interesting watching you through it because i knew you wanted to work out harder but it's like in the back of your mind you can see like yeah you just need to take it take it easy because it's a long-term game it's not about this week it's about it's about the months and years ahead if this is something you want to continue doing so maybe that's where we uh end is was this something you enjoyed um is this something you want to continue to do? It sounds like maybe. Um, 
And then do you think you want to compete in wellness? Do you think you want to move in a different division? That kind of stuff. We have about two minutes. Ready, go. <laughs> Ready, go. Um, no, I think, again, finding the wellness division is what really piqued uh, my attention. And so at this point, I don't really have any inkling to dip my toe into anything else at this point. Um, and we'll just kind of see. I think at this point, uh, March is still the goal. Or if that gets postponed, um, you know, still competing at the Arnold would be Kind of the ultimate and if that gets to happen in 2021 great uh and then kind of if not with everything in this world at the moment uh it's just kind of a we'll see we'll see what happens what moves forward what doesn't um and just keep pushing but you did like it well, yes <laughs> okay just making sure it wouldn't be worth doing if you didn't like it very much no no i mean the, the, then anything you know the arnold that sort of thing wouldn't would no longer come into play if if i didn't enjoy it i wouldn't just kind of push myself to be like yeah well i said i was gonna do the arnold so i'm gonna do it even though i hate all of this it's a really interesting it was very fascinating to watch you because there are elements of physique sport that connect with you on a variety of levels from like the discipline that prep requires in the working out parts, which you just naturally love, but also there's there's elements, you know, in the ladies' divisions of, of femininity, especially in wellness and bikini, and uh, maybe maybe figure, um, that I think that it seemed very natural for you. Um, so it was just just cool to watch. So thanks for sharing your experience with us. Obviously, we'll keep the listener updated as to uh, what happens next with you, and we'll kind of follow your story. And until then. Back on the grind tomorrow, huh? Back on the grind tomorrow. All right. We'll see you next time. See ya.